ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. It is Friday, November 10th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for being a part of today's show. We have got high school football to get into tonight. We have got Marshall basketball to get into tonight. we got football tomorrow as well for the Thundering Herd. It's a busy day as we are right there as all sports seem to be meeting. Don't forget, we've got soccer as well. The Sunbelt Conference Championship being decided that is coming up Sunday, 1 o'clock at Hoops Family Field between the Marshall Thundering Herd and the West Virginia Mountaineers. So we've got a lot to get into, and we're going to open up our text line for you this hour, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. That is your front door into today's edition of the show. Looking forward to hearing from you. As I mentioned, we got basketball coming up tonight. Now, let me explain what's going to be happening because there are a lot of things moving around tonight. Usually, you could hear the Marshall game here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. But tonight, only going to be on 93.7 The Dog. So, if you're looking for the Marshall game tonight, make sure that your radios are going to be set to 93.7 The Dog. Now, if you're looking for the Huntington High game tonight, keep it right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930 as we've got playoff action beginning in the state of West Virginia. And, of course, playoff action continues across the tri-state as well in Ohio and Kentucky. We have got coming up tonight for you the defending Class AAA champion Huntington Highlanders playing host to Morgantown tonight. And that's going to be right here. Our video stream also will be on our Facebook page. And then we've got Cabell Midland playing host to Musselman. That's on 97.9 The River. Also, video stream available on our Facebook page. Spring Valley is on the road at Spring Mills tonight. That's on our sister station, 92.7 and 98.5 The Planet. And, of course, in Kentucky, Ashland at Covington Catholic. You can listen to that one, Cat Sports 93.3. And 1340. So a lot of high school football in the Tri-State tonight. And, of course, basketball action on top of that at the Greenbrier Herd taking on Radford. I was talking about this yesterday if you were with us. It's been a long time since the Herd has taken on Radford. I couldn't believe this. The last time that these two teams met was December 4th, 2003. I can't believe it's been that long since Marshall has faced off against Radford. It feels like this series is played more often than not, but it's back. Marshall looking to extend its fast start, taking on Queens the other night and getting the victory there. Radford's going to be an interesting challenge because they didn't play terrible against number 19 North Carolina. They lost that one 86-70. They didn't play terrible. And Marshall, sorry, Marshall's maybe a step down in difficulty compared to North Carolina, just slightly. Not trying to disparage anybody, but North Carolina is a tougher task to try to tackle than the Thundering Herd if you're Radford. And, of course, this game coming up tonight, 7 o'clock, lock it in, 93-7 the dog. So we'll talk more about this one later on and We'll also talk a little bit more about the Marshall game against Radford tonight and do that in our pregame coverage at 6 
o'clock on 93.7 The Dog. We've got Sunbelt Conference Championship coming up on Sunday. And then the selection show is going to be Monday at the Student Center. So a lot happening for the Thundering Herd. But, of course, the big one's going to be on Saturday. Marshall taking on Georgia Southern. It's the 75 game. Marshall would like to get back to winning. Hurd has lost five in a row. No chance of winning the championship. So the championship is not in the cards for the Thundering Herd. However, with that said, there's still an opportunity to win three straight so you could finish the regular season seven and five. Seven and five is going to get you into a bowl. Six and six might be pushing it. Seven and five will get you in a bowl. And if you're Marshall, do you want to go to a bowl? If you're six and six, I understand you always say, hey, you know, you take the bowl experience, you know, six and six. I've always felt that, you know, you need to you need to feel like you earned a bowl spot instead of, okay, hey, we, we, we have a passable record here. So I hope that the herd can get it going. For these next three games, I hope Marshall can get the win against Georgia Southern. That'll be the 75 game, which Coach Huff has talked about being the most important game this year on the schedule. This is the most important, most significant for Marshall, not necessarily playing for a conference championship or bowl eligibility, anything like that. This game, based on the fact that it's the 75 game, that's what helps give it its significance and makes it the most important game on the herd schedule. Doesn't matter the opponent, it's this is the 75 game. So hopefully that attitude will translate into a victory over Georgia Southern and then. Marshall can cap off the weekend with a victory over West Virginia on Sunday on the pitch. And we got women's basketball to get into as well. Yesterday, the Thundering Herd got it underway. Kim Caldwell, her squad debuting first time, regular season, didn't go the way that the Thundering Herd wanted. It was an 84-point game for George Mason Marshall had to battle back to even manage 77. I mean, that's the impressive thing. 84-77 loss. George Mason gets the victory. Marshall, however, did erase a 23-point second-half deficit to trim the lead to four in the fourth quarter. Couldn't get it done. There were a lot of things that you can take away that are positive about this game, and there's a lot of things that the herd's going to need to work on. We'll hear from Kim Caldwell in a few minutes, get her thoughts on the game. And we'll hear from you. Our text line is now open at 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Looking forward to hearing from Kim Caldwell, get her thoughts on the game and where the herd is at this moment. Later on, we'll preview Marshall's matchup with Georgia Southern. And then, of course, we'll talk high school football with you. All of that's coming up on today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. With the Greater Huntington Candy Cane Trail, it has never been sweeter to shop local for the holidays. Join the Huntington Regional Chamber of Commerce on Thursday, November 9th at Pullman Square from 5 to 8 p.m. for a community shopping crawl where you can enjoy sweet treats and music and shop for your chance to win cash prizes. The first 75 people to check in at Pullman Square will receive a travel coffee mug and cookie cutter. 
download the free Greater Huntington Candy Cane Trail mobile passport at huntingtonchamber.org trail to access exclusive offers at your favorite businesses. Earn points by checking in and redeeming coupons as you slay your way through the trail to win prizes, including a $1,000 grand cash prize. Download the pass at huntingtonchamber.org trail. We'll see you on Thursday, November 9th from 5 to 8 p.m. at Pullman Square in downtown Huntington to kick off the holiday season with a small business shopping crawl. You've cut back on everything, and you're still coming up short at the end of the month. Give your local State Farm agent a call for a free discount double check. They'll show you how something as simple as combining car and home policies can save you hundreds of dollars a year. Being there to help keep more of your money is why your local State Farm agent is here. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. In Huntington, John Garton, 304-525-1116. In Barbersville, Marcia Slater, 304-736-6100. And in Cerrito, Aaron Billups, 304-453-4600. Imagine this. It's a chilly winter morning. It snowed a little overnight. You think to yourself, is my car ready for this? There are multiple steps you could take to see if your car is ready for winter. Or one simple one. Have the pros at TikTok Tire make sure your car is ready for winter. They'll check your battery, tires, fluids, wipers, and hoses. Don't get caught out in the cold this winter. Give the pros at TikTok Tire a call and they'll be happy to answer any questions. Winterize your car at TikTok Tire. 2102 3rd Avenue, Huntington. Call today for your appointment at 304 525 7831. Metro Community Federal Credit Union has been serving the Huntington community for 70 years and is proud to announce our newest location in Lavalette. We look forward to bringing the residents of Wayne County a modern banking facility, a full range of services, advanced technology, expert financial advice, community involvement, and even a smart coffee kiosk cafe. Learn more about Metro Community Federal Credit Union online at metrocommunityfcu.com. Equal housing lender, member NCUA. Anyone can choose to make a difference. You can help people succeed, rebuild after disasters, protect the environment, or feed the hungry. Not only will you make a difference for others, but for yourself. You can earn money for college, learn career skills, and make friendships that last a lifetime. Make a difference. Choose your future. Choose AmeriCorps. Brought to you by Volunteer West Virginia, the West Virginia Broadcasters Association, and this station. For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. In business, everything your employees do impacts your brand, including what they wear. Cintas has high-performance workplace apparel for almost every job imaginable. From work shirts and pants to polos and khakis to Oxfords or T-shirts, these clothes move, breathe, and look great. Your team gets the styles they like, you convey the image you want. And Cintas service includes weekly laundry and delivery. To learn more, visit Cintas.com. Oh, I'm ready! And get ready for the workday. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. 
Our text line is 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Welcome back to today's edition of The Drive here at ESPN, 94.1 and AM 930. So to come, we're going to preview tomorrow's matchup between Marshall and Georgia Southern. We've got women's basketball to get into as yesterday began the Kim Caldwell era for the Thundering Herd. On the road, taking on George Mason. And the one thing that stood out to me was that this team can score when it starts putting it together. Marshall was able to rally. Hurd fell short, 84-77. But Marshall trailed by as many as 23 points early in the second half, but did rally. There were an unusual amount of fouls, turnovers. Wasn't a pretty game. Absolutely was not a pretty game. And when I talked to Coach Caldwell afterwards, kind of get a a feel for where she was with game number one of her career. I'll say this from you. She was not pleased at all. And I could tell her expression in her face. This wasn't the way she thought it would start, or at least this is not what she expected. So she came out and she basically was pretty candid. She wasn't pleased. Yeah, obviously not pleased with the game. Uh, we just did not. We played tight. We played not like us in the first half. Um, and if we don't have such a bad start, I think we come out on top. But we have a lot of things we're obviously going to work on and fix. And we didn't give up. It would be really easy to look at that scoreboard and quit. And they played hard the second half. We won the second half. We just fouled too much, turned the ball over too much. Um, and then obviously didn't work hard enough on our rebound. So when I talked to her yesterday, I asked her, you know, did do you expect that maybe like opening night jitters? You know, this is the first time that this group has been together. You know, obviously, it's a new system for everyone, veteran players and the new players coming in. So was it maybe a, a case of opening night jitters, kind of being together really under live fire, as I described it for the first time on the road? And she was expecting that, but she wasn't expecting it for the entire first half. Yeah, I attribute the first quarter to that. I was expecting that in the first quarter on the road, first time playing together. The second quarter baffled me a little bit. I thought we would have gotten out of it. I hadn't really seen what I had seen out of them in the second quarter yet. Um, So I don't really know. I have to go back and watch the tape on that. So part of it is, yeah, it's our first game. Um, I knew these things would be a problem. I didn't know that they would be quite this big. I knew they would get us early. Um, and we had talked about it beforehand. Turnovers, fouls, and rebounds. The, if we're going to lose, it's going to be because of those things. Hurd's got a quick turnaround. They're going to have to try to fix everything in a snap because they hit the road straight to Tennessee to face the Chattanooga Mocs. That's going to tip off Sunday at 2 o'clock. So what do you need to do to get this team turned around quickly? Yeah, we you know we have a quick turnaround. We're going straight to Chattanooga, so we're going to dive into the film on the bus, and then we'll watch it. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to watch it together as a team. Um, just a lot of mistakes that I was hoping we wouldn't still be making, um, just defensively, rotationally. Um, they know they can do it now because we did it in the second half. We just got to start out stronger. And so that part to me is good. The fact that all right, it clicked in the second half, we just, again, it was too big of a hole. She was asked, was there anybody that she was pleased with? And, of course, you know, the way this team had to battle back, there's somebody you have to be pleased with, right? I know she wasn't happy for the majority of it. But 
she did emphasize she was pleased with the players that didn't quit. Um, I was pleased with everyone that didn't quit, which I think was everyone on the team. Uh, Roe had a good game points-wise, and she had seven turnovers. Um, I thought she did a good job leading her teammates on, uh, bringing people together, not quitting. Uh, Aislinn Hayes did a really good job of just being kind of a constant person, of just keeping them together, making sure people stayed level-headed. So th those two were good. Uh, we'll get better, though. I think we had a lot of people that didn't quite produce that they will the way they will throughout the season. So my next question to her was about the starting lineup. Now that she's had a chance to, to see her team in action, a regular season contest, she's got a formula, she's got a methodology. She doesn't just say, okay, you're our starting five, go out there and start. you got to play your way into the starting five. Based off one game, I asked her, what's that starting lineup going to look like? Will it be close to the same or will it be drastically different? Yeah, yeah, it sure has. I'm looking at the stat sheet right now, and there's a lot of zeros on there. Um, so, yeah, those will, those will change. I haven't done the math on those yet, but they'll be different next game. Another question Coach was asked, is she just had to deal with a game where there was a lot of fouls in there. There was a lot of fouling going on. There was no flow to this game. The Thundering Herd really couldn't get a rhythm going. I mean, I don't know how anyone can get a rhythm going with the way that the whistle kept blowing all night in that game. And she was asked about how frustrating it was to have all those fouls dis disrupt the flow of the game. Absolutely. And it's frustrating for everyone. It's frustrating for uh, us and them, probably. But, I mean, you can't give a team 41 foul shots and expect to win. No, I agree with that 100%. You can't give a team that many foul shots and expect to win the game. So I want to know, what did you learn after your first game as a Division One coach? I, I learned we can do it. We just have to do it. Um, had we played all four quarters like we played the second half, honestly, had we played three quarters like we played the second half, we come away a lot happier right now. Uh, and I'm very confident in that. Our third quarter absolutely killed us. Then we were trying to walk the ball off the floor. We were trying to run sets. Uh, it's not our game. That's not what we really practice. And so um, just putting four quarters together the way we want it to look, uh, where we had 29 points in the third and we had 26 points in the fourth. So pace yourself to 100. Uh, in the first half, we had 11 and 11, so we were on pace for 44. So this is very big contrast between the two quarters. So second half, I was questioning everything at halftime. Uh, second half, they were a whole heck of a lot of fun, a heck of a fun to coach. Um, it's just too bad that they weren't the first. Herds back in action on the road. We're going back into the wayback machine here. Marshall and the Chattanooga Mocs. 1981, when these two teams began their rivalry last season, was the first time the Herd had met Chattanooga in 25 years. Marshall got that victory last year, 60-56. to 56. So a long gap between visits between Marshall and Chattanooga. Hopefully that series continues. Mocs were picked to win the Southern Conference in their league preseason media poll. They are unbeaten. They defeated King to open up the season. They will face Austin P tonight, and then they've got Marshall on Sunday. Should be a fun one. I'm looking forward to it only because, one, I can't wait to see what the improvements of this Marshall team look like, and two, it's Marshall and Chattanooga. For those of you that weren't in the Southern Conference days of your Marshall fandom, those were some great rivalries, both on the men's side and the women's side. The men's side probably gets a lot more 
I don't know, love because there were some great back and forth. It was a natural rival. That's the thing I miss the most about the Southern Conference. There were rivals there. That's why I'm happy that App State is in the Sun Belt and Marshall's now in the Sun Belt and that Georgia Southern is in the Sun Belt and now Marshall is in the Sun Belt. That's why I'm happy about that. I would love to see some more of these Southern Conference teams on the schedule and some of the other sports. I know you can't do it for football necessarily all the time, but in basketball and other sports, I think it would be a a no-brainer to kind of have some of those traditional old-school rivalries back in those Southern Conference days on the schedule. Our text line is 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Maybe I'm asking some of my um, my my older listeners, my more seasoned listeners, what was your favorite rivalry in the Southern Conference? Was it Chattanooga? Was it VMI? Was it Davidson? App State? Was it the Catamounts? Was it the Citadel? Which team was your favorite to see the herd go up against? Marshall taking on Georgia Southern. That's coming up tomorrow. Let's get you set for the game with our kickoff. Ladies and gentlemen, will you take your seats, please? Here we go. There's the kickoff. When the Marshall Thundering Herd faced Georgia Southern, it'll pay tribute to the tragic event that occurred on November 14, 1970 at 7.36 p.m. when Southern Airways Flight 932 crashed into a hill just short of the Tri-State Airport. The plane was carrying 37 members of the Marshall University Thundering Herd football team, eight coaching staff members, 25 supporters, two pilots, two flight attendants, and a charter coordinator. These individuals, collectively known as the 75, are remembered every year with a commemorative game held on or around the anniversary of the crash. For Marshall football coach Charles Huff, this is the most significant game of the year. This is the biggest game of the year for us, and not because, you know, the field's any longer or, you know, the the prize is any bigger, but because we get the chance to represent something bigger than ourselves this weekend. And, and when you get a chance to do that, it's not many times in life you can be a part of something and represent something bigger than yourself. Um, and when you get a chance to do that, it, it's really special. And I am truly honored to stand in front of this team um, and, and, and run them out of the tunnel for this weekend. And I told them, obviously, <clears throat> the goal is to win. But, you know, you honor someone by how you do something. And, and I want to make sure, obviously, we want to win the game. For Marshall Center, Logan Osborne, this is a special game, and losing isn't an option. Yeah, this is a huge weekend. Um, if we don't lose this game, personally, just growing up here, you know, I came to a bunch of these games. Um, they're a special moment. It's a special game. There's not atmosphere like in college football. You know, we always joke around with something eerie that happens in the game, whether it's the scoreboard or something like that. So there's something supernatural about this game, and it's a, it's a great atmosphere for sure. Marshall offensive lineman Ethan Driscoll has a special connection to the young Thundering Herd and the 75 game. So I actually learned about the plane crash in high school because my coach was on my high school coach was on the 71 team, the young Thundering Herd, uh, Bob Ronger, and. Uh, he kind of told me some stories just about like, his playing career, and I didn't really understand it, truthfully. I mean, being 18 years old, you don't understand the magnitude of it. And then I got here, and I remember my first 75 game, uh, like, just hearing the We Are Marshall chants. Like, you see the movie, you, you, like, understand it's a tragedy, but you don't understand it until you're in this community for so long. For Marshall linebacker Eli Neal, he's seen the bond between himself and the community grow over the years and is honored to be a part of something bigger than himself. The more you're here, the more this place grows on you, you, it almost feels like it's a part of you too. 
So going out here each and every year for this 75 game and just being able to put on a show and play for um, a heavenly audience and, some, and just play for something that's bigger than us and be able to have these fans happy is uh, our, our biggest goal for sure every 75 week. Growing up in the community, Marshall linebacker Owen Porter takes a responsibility in educating the younger players about the history and the significance of the 75 game. So for us, it's just teaching those guys about our heritage and what's gone on in the past and then how you prepare and then push to succeed for the game. To be successful, Marshall must contend with a Georgia Southern team that has a lot to gain from a victory over Marshall, including a shot at the Sun Belt Championship. And it all starts with stopping an offense that generates over 300 passing yards a game, led by signal caller Davis Brin, who has found success within the Eagles system. Yeah, I think, again, when, when, when you have a system, you go out and you recruit a quarterback that fits that system. You know what I mean? So you go find a guy that can do those things, um, which to me is, is any system you have, you're looking for certain personnel that fit that skill set. And I think, again, because the system is simplistic enough based on looks, spacing, all those things, when you find a quarterback that has the attributes, um, putting him in that system allows him to excel. And I think that's what um, Ben is doing. Eli Neal says that Georgia Southern is really good at passing the ball, which sets up a running attack that averages over 134 yards on the ground, led by running back Jalen White. They pass the ball well, um, and off of that, they're able to run the ball because of when they get defenses spread it out to get ready to cover the pass. I feel like they do a good job at uh, mixing it up and keeping defenses on it. Because the Eagles are so good in the passing attack, White has been able to reach the end zone eight times while amassing 750 yards on 123 carries. I think the running back is a good player. I think he also, because they throw so much, he's able to really chunk yards. You know what I mean? It's not like they're trying to run it three, four yards a pop. He's able to chunk yards because when he gets the ball or when he gets the run calls, it's usually advantageous boxes because of the RPO kind of air raid stuff they do. Um, not to take anything away from him, but I think he maximizes those opportunities with big runs. I think he maximizes those opportunities uh, with really good body and balance control. He's hard to go down. He doesn't go down with one shoulder. Um, he's got a really strong lower half. Um, and then he's got enough speed to get to the second level. The game plan to stopping White is getting to Bren before he can open up the Eagles offense with their air raid style attack, according to Marshall defensive end Sam Burton. We got to uh, rush the passer because they throw the ball a lot. They uh, have like an air raid attack. They have some RPO in there. So I feel like, you know, stopping the run and then stopping the pass as well and then just making plays when we can make them. On defense, Georgia Southern gives up almost 400 yards a game, but that's a little deceptive, according to Coach Huff. They are also a unit that is eighth in the FBS with three defensive touchdowns, all from pick sixes. Defensively for them, because of their offense, they're ahead a lot. So now you may give up the run, not to give up the pass, if that kind of makes sense. You know what I mean? You're saying, okay, yeah, you can run the ball for eight yards, you're not going to throw it for 40, we're up 20-some-odd points. Um, I think, again, their offense snaps the ball a lot. So their defense is on the field a lot. So although they're giving up many yards, they're not giving up many points, and they're still winning games. It's a little bit of a, you know, if, you, if you're the defensive coordinator for USC, you're going to play a lot on defense, regardless of your situation, because they're going to snap the ball a lot, they're going to run a lot of plays, which is going to put you out there more, which in turn is going to give the other team more opportunities, even if they don't score more, to get more yards. Um, I think that's a little bit of what's happening with um, you know, Georgia Southern. Um, I think what you also see is 
their critical stats are really good. Forced turnovers, you know, they're really good at that. You know, when you look at how many points they've allowed, it's not a ton of points they've allowed. Um, you know, yeah, you may have rushing yards or whatever it may be, but that to me is because we're up 21. I'm going to give you the eight-yard run. I'm not going to give you the 40-yard pass. Um, so I think it's a little bit, um, I won't say misleading, but you got to really dive into it. You can't just say, oh, because they're giving up this many yards rushing, you should be running the ball. Um, and again, I think, again, over the course of the season, they've improved. You know, I think you look at the beginning of the season, I think they played Wisconsin. Is that right? Yeah, they played Wisconsin. Well, that, that's going to skew numbers a little bit, too. You know, so you got to really look into it before you can kind of say these numbers mean exactly this. Let's not overlook the Eagles special teams unit led by wide receiver Caleb Hood. Not only is he a threat in the air raid attack, but he's also not afraid to head straight for the end zone for a huge return. Hood is fearless and he wants to return the ball. He's not trying to fair catch it. He's not trying to um, quote unquote save field position. You know, he's trying to return the ball. Um, I think when you think about the really, really good punt returners in college or the NFL, they, they'll catch the ball with a guy right here and try to make him miss. And I think that was, gives him um, a little bit of confidence and, you know, probably steal some yards because he is shifty. So if you are willing to catch it with somebody in your face, you make one miss, well, now you got a chance for a big return. I think that's the one thing for him that's really good. Our pregame coverage begins tomorrow at 4 o'clock with West Virginia and Appalachian Laborers District Council College Football Today, presented by Lyona, your workforce solution, WVLDC.org. Introducing In Your Business, a podcast highlighting thriving Huntington area businesses. Presented by Moses Auto Mall. Online at MosesMeansMore.com. In Your Business tells the story of Huntington's successes and where you can gain invaluable insights and advice from seasoned entrepreneurs. Produced by Kindred Communications and the Huntington Regional Chamber of Commerce. Find it on KindredCom.net, HuntingtonChamber.org, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.